welcome to Driven for Purpose, a lifestyle podcast designed to bring you the tips, tools, and resources so that you can discover your purpose, reignite your passion, and fully step into your power. I'm your host, Amanda Bickham, holistic health and mindfulness coach, and I'll be guiding you every step of the way. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I'm excited to share with you a three-part series that was done on Facebook Live. It was done with a good friend of mine and fellow coach, Natalia Diane. And in this three-part series, we explore the masculine and feminine dynamics and how they show up in both ourselves, our relationships, and in business. So if you are tuning in, just know that this is a live recording from Facebook some of it is pretty good. Most of it is actually pretty good uh, quality. There are a couple glitches as I am here in India and she's halfway across the world in America. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to hearing your thoughts and insights in this information we've provided. Adios. Hello everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome to part three of the Elevated 2019 experience. Uh, We're just going to wait for Amanda to pop on and we'll get right to it. Hello. Hello. Hi. Happy Friday, Happy Friday, 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 over Friday over there. It is Friday, yeah. Friday okay. over here. Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting an echo. I'm getting an echo. Okay, let me see if let I can put my hold on. on. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay, can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, that's that's much better. Okay, okay cool. cool. How's it going? All right. It's going well. You know, something that's really um, interesting for me is I'm, I'm in this contact improv festival, and I'm mm-hmm. sure that some of the audience can relate as well. And I paid for this festival, and I'm really excited, and I want to do all the things. And I got really sick. I actually got a belly bug, which is quite common here in India. Oh, no. And, yeah, and I was, like, on the toilet for, like, 24 hours. But part of me was like, my mind was like, no, this is the masculine, right? The masculine was like, no, like you paid for this thing. You can do it. Tough it out. Like you really want to learn these tools and these techniques. And then the feminine, which is the feeling body was like, oh, but you just need to rest. Just, just listen, just rest your body. And so I ended up, this has been a big part of my practice lately is surrendering from the masculine Mm. and really allowing this feminine. And I rested for almost like almost 48 hours. And now I feel like I'm like even more full power and can do even more things. And so for, for everyone out there watching, watching, listen and feel into what your body needs and respect her. Because if you do and when you do, she's going to be able to give you so much more. So yes. that was kind of my, my last 48 hours listening and feeling. And so now I feel great. <laughs> wow. Well, I would have never. It's crazy that you were. So yesterday you were sick then. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, I would have never known. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, that's that's incredible. So thank you so much for showing up still in, in all of your power and all of your energy, given all things considered. So it's pretty, it's yeah. incredible. <laughs> you know, honestly, in India, like you start to get, you start to get used to it a little bit. Yeah. I don't get sick very often, but when it does happen, it's just like, okay, whatever. It's just another day. And this is like so exciting and being with you, you give me so much more energy. And it's like the people and whoever's watching in the audience is like, it's like, I'm getting energy from you guys. So yeah. thank you all. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. And thank you guys all who have been consistent and showing up and, and, engaging with us and contributing to the conversation uh today's i think like you said yesterday we kind of saved the best for last you know like diving right into the juiciness of really understanding um a new paradigm of relationships and uh i know actually you know i, I probably should have let you know but this is actually a time i'm going through a lot right now in this specific area so i'm very excited to share some of the insights that have come to me, but also just the reflections again, just like you and I were talking about 2018, like there were a lot of profound reflections that came through as far as like what it means to really not only honor ourselves in relationships, but to honor and create space for our partners. And so I'm really, I'm looking forward to um, exploring this conversation with you and seeing everything that comes up. And for those of you guys tuning in, um, please, share with us like your insights and also any questions that you might have around this topic because I think that again this is something that we all tend it's like we're constantly navigating relationships right <laughs> so always they're like the most tricky thing we're in relationship to everything and everyone all the time and oftentimes the romantic piece it's always a little bit more trickier than than other things but hopefully I mean I don't know about you but I feel like we're on the same page here like hopefully, you know, some of some of the biggest work that I feel most called to do is help the masculine and the feminine energies understand one another. Because if the energies can begin to understanding one another inside the self, then then the energies of the external will be able to understand one another better. And I think it's really about before we've only kind of looked at things like I'm a woman and I'm emotional and you just right. need to understand me. And men are like, I'm just logical. And I just need to be told like straight away what I what you need. And I think that when we start to develop this relationship between the masculine and feminine and understand what they are within ourselves yeah. and then hopefully the idea is that we'll be able to understand the other a little bit easier yes as well. yes and so I think <clears throat> you're bringing up immediately just being in touch with the self for those of you guys who are just joining us today and haven't had the chance to um, re review the, the first two days like day one we talked about like really connecting with yourself and one of the things that has come um, across to me just so profoundly again pretty much over the last few years is that the more connected we are with ourselves, the more capable we are of connecting with our partners. And, oh, yeah. and like you said, it's understanding how these energies flow and function and show up within us. And then when we can honor how both of those energies, ex how we experience those energies within us, then we can acknowledge and, and, ex and experience those energies with another. And I think it's really being able to say, and we talked about this, it's being able to create so much space for us to just experience ourselves as we are, wherever we are. I think, you know, mm -hmm. um, traditionally, I feel like we've compartmentalized ourselves so much in relationships and says, you can only show up in a relationship in this capacity, right? And it's, mm -hmm. it's literally, I think in both, we've, we've, men and women have been compartmentalized in that way. What do you think, of, like, mm -hmm. how are, what's your perspective on that? 
Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking, so also for those of you who are tuning in, yesterday we've talked a lot about like old paradigms and old structures and like what's been happening in the past, right? It's it's, it's all about, if you look at our parents and our parents' parents and you look at kind of the model of what we've had for relationship, absolutely. I mean, it was like the 50s housewife and yeah. the dad who went out and like made the money. And although we're, we're really still changing that and um, you know, then like for our generation, a lot of times it was single mothers. And then now for our new generation, we're kind of talking about co-parenting and mm. co-living and things of that nature. Um, but I think that, yeah, absolutely. It's still very ingrained on like how women need to show up in relationship and how men need to show up in relationship. Yeah. And I think that this is in our historic and our ancestor level. Right. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. as even though we're, we're evolving and we're starting to see, mm, I don't know if this resonates, there are still, I feel like parts of us and, and the way that we function for thousands of years and having these different roles that affect us today, whether consciously or unconsciously. Yeah. And I think actually you're bringing up a really good point about just the different dynamics and capacities that we have. Like, again, we don't, the traditional frameworks of relation of, of a relationship, right. An intimate relationship, but also there's so many different types of relationships that we're constantly navigating, right. We're, we're, we're navigating the relationships with our families, with our parents, with our children, you know, with our friends, with our coworkers, with our, and then with our intimate partners. And so all those relationships matter. But I think right now, especially within intimate partnerships, um, we, we see different, you know, dynamics and understandings and capacities, right? There's like so many different ways in which we're experiencing these relationships. And for those of you guys who are, you know, again, I would love to hear from the audience, you know, what you guys are experiencing within that those capacities like how are you experiencing your relationships differently than what has been traditionally understood because you brought up this concept of co-parenting right and i think that this is like a beautiful something that's really beautiful that's coming that we're starting to see more and more of and this comes out of this place of respect and also a desire to raise children um in a way that's healthy for the child right and that gives the child like the most amount of love and so um i think you know again i just would love to hear different perspectives and different experiences so we can kind of just explore how relationships show up differently because there is no one way that love shows up right and that's Mm -hmm. the reality of it Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely so i think i don't know one of the things that was kind of placed on my heart um just to kind of start out with was i think when you and i first connected we started talking about at least when I saw you delivering your message, we were talking about, again, this dynamic, you were talking about ener- the energy of like the masculine and the feminine, and also how women are showing up now in the world. And um, we've seen, especially in 2018, there was just this huge rise of, um, you know, again, the, fem- the feminist movement and the Me Too movement. And um, I know I felt a little unsettled. And I would like to I would like to just dive right into this because I think it's a really good starting point for creating safe space for both men and women to start respecting one another, honoring one, honor, honoring one another, and again, and expanding within themselves and with each other. And so I know when I heard your message, it was the most unique perspective that I had heard from another woman because so much um, in 2018, I was hearing a lot of anger, a lot of rage, a lot of blame, um, and a lot of wanting to almost shame men. And I understand, like, especially again, I think you and I both intimately understand being in the space where we've been affected um, by, you know, just abusive, you know, toxic relationships, abusive behavior. Um, but at the same time, I've spent a lot the last three years healing myself in therapy with, you know, doing spiritual work, energetic work, and then of course, you know, doing psychological work with 
uh, my therapist as well, and coming to terms with where I've been within myself when I've been in those toxic and dysfunctional spaces in my life. Yes. And yes. what I've realized is the more responsibility I take for myself, the less I want to blame somebody else for the things that mm. have happened. And mm -hmm. so I want to just start right, right off the bat by saying, I think it's important for us to create not only space for women to feel empowered and to heal from their past experiences, because that healing is necessary, but also recognize that we cannot move forward in the future um, in a way that's healthy and that promotes life and love in a, um, if we're blaming and trying to dominate and suppress or oppress the other. So I would love to hear your perspective on this, Amanda. I know you have an, a really an incredible viewpoint, viewpoint on this. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, I, I appreciate that you started this conversation out here because I do really want to make sure that all sexes and anywhere you're at yes, um, yes. on that is 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 included is included in this conversation and and you're absolutely right i think that there has been a big like you know kind of anger and pain and almost rivalry against men for a lot of the women who are stepping up and it really breaks my heart because um what we're doing as women when we come with this anger and this rage and this toxicity really is we're just adding more fuel to the fire yeah and and we're doing exactly what we didn't want to have happen to us and instead of mm. surrendering into the heart and coming into this place of compassion and coming into this place of forgiveness and coming into this place of radical self responsibility yes and I think that, you know, there, I've worked with a lot of women um, and men, honestly, also who have had, um, who have been sexually abused when they were children. Right. And now there is a big difference. And we talked about this before. There's a very big difference between blame and someone's fault. It's not my fault that I got raped when I was a child, or it's not my right. fault that my grandfather or my grandmother touched me inappropriately. You're absolutely right. It is no one's fault. And one of the things that I, I really try to help people do when I'm working with them and helping them overcome these traumatic sexual experiences is surrender into the heart, taking them into a meditation, having them surrender into the heart and just think for a moment, taking the self outside the self and thinking about the perpetrator and mm. thinking about how much pain yes. was this person in in order to feel that they needed to or could do that to you. Right. And when people do that and when people get out of their own experience and move into the perspective of the other, what often happens is they, 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 they soften and they're like, oh my God, you're right. I think my grandfather, you know, did whatever to so-and-so, which did something to me. And the one thing is women, I feel like this, this compassion piece is very innate within us because we have children and we were just more like the loving, like supportive. Mm -hmm. That's just our nature. Mm -hmm. And so I really feel that as we're starting to move, if we really do want to rise together and we really do want equality, like we say we do, it's really important that we start acting like that. We start embodying it and we start having compassion. We start holding ourselves and others the way that we would want to be held in it. Yes. And yes. I think the last piece to that is really, especially as women in the, in the field right now and, and as we're rising, we can say we are very manipulative. Everybody is, not just women, but like yeah. we're very manipulative. And like a lot of boys have been manipulated by their mothers when right. they were younger around yes. how they need to show up. And, and I think that taking responsibility for how we treat our boys to become men yes. and teaching them like big boys don't cry. Johnny, you need to, you need to toughen up, get back out there. It's like, and also like we are beautiful. 
women are freaking beautiful and we use that to our advantage and we often use that to manipulate the others. Yeah. Like one of the things that really bothers me is that when women get super dressed up and like really sexy and they go out to the bar and then they wonder why they're hit on, it's like, we're all animals. We're all yeah. animals ultimately yeah. at the end of the yeah. day. And like, if you're going to dress up like, mm, look at me, I'm so sexy. And you really do want that <sighs> attention. But then when a man comes to you and gives you that attention and then you're upset at that, like mm. check your message, check yeah. your intention with the yeah. way that you're showing up in the world. Because two women can wear the exact same amount of clothing and say a completely different message. Right, and I think right. that this is really, really important for all of us. And we've, we've allowed ourselves to be exposed, exposed for like burger commercials where we're wearing nothing. And like, we've allowed ourselves to be objectified and sexualized, not, not yes. us as individuals, maybe, maybe you didn't, but we as no, a but collective I hear you. have, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think that that ultimately comes from this place of, like you said, well, one, you mentioned the other day, and I think this was on the first day, you talked about toxic masculinity and toxic, um, the toxic masculine and the toxic feminine. And I think what happens is, is that we, we don't realize we want to, we're, we've, I think our culture promotes this idea that some, when we're experiencing problems, it's because of some, again, we go back to this external thing, right? Someone else is doing it. Something else is doing it. There's an influence outside that's being imposed upon us. And I think what I've, what's really come through to me over the last, again, over the last three years has been, you know, recognizing where I am energetically with myself and the bad and the toxic and dysfunctional ways that I've learned to engage with the other. Right. Yeah. And so I think that we don't, we don't recognize either what we're projecting outward. Like, you know, again, if I'm going out and I'm dressed a certain way or what, where I am within myself, how that attracts a certain energy to me. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, so what am I projecting outward, but also what am I, what are the ways in which I am not fully owning or being responsible for my toxic yes. thinking, right. Or my toxic feeling or the, or just even being the lack of awareness of when I'm being manipulative. Yes. Right. Or yes. when I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get, get what I want or use my femininity in a way or yes. the feminine in a way that is trying to um, get, you know, again, to get something that I wouldn't otherwise try to get if I wasn't, you know, in that space. So, yeah. I, you know, it's like radical ownership of, of those things. You know, I think one of the things we brought up in our notes is that we learn, we kind of learn a lot about love and our relationship to love by old models of, of parenting, right? I mean, the older generations of parenting, but also what we're seeing out in culture and society, right? Th these things that have been demonstrated to us. And then what we're doing is we're repeating that same behavior, but expecting different outcomes. And so I think mm -hmm. it's just, how can we go back to a space, like just back it up a little bit again, come to a place of forgiveness and compassion within ourselves, but then also hold ourselves mm -hmm. ultimately responsible for yeah. what it is that we want and how, and the change that needs to happen first within ourselves so that yeah. we can experience the love that we want in the world, you know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and there's one thing that came to me when you were saying that, which I can already hear, you know, um, a lot of the, these super feminist uh, women uh, or even men, you know, saying, but yeah, but women should be able to wear whatever they want and they should be able to dress however they want. You're right. And it's about your intention behind it. Exactly. Your intention makes the biggest difference. And right. you can feel that. Like beyond anything else, we're all energetic beings. And if you're right. unaware, you're even unaware of your intention, you might not even be aware that you're manipulating, but you might be. And so taking responsibility in that as well.
Well, and, and to that point as well, it's like, again, sometimes it's like we get upset because we feel like, you know, we are being objectified or sexualized and then we don't realize mm -hmm. how we are objectifying and sexualizing ourselves. And so again, yeah. it's like, I think that it's just, again, taking this radical ownership, but also cultivating the awareness so that we can start recognizing where we're contributing. Cause it's, it's definitely yes. a two way street, right? It's definitely, Absolutely. I'm not saying it's like, Always. it's nobody's um, responsibility or that it's only our responsibility, but where we can start recognizing our part and where we need to elevate ourselves so that that way. And then again, what part is our part in all of this? And if we want to see that change that we need to also change, we got to be willing yes. to change just as much as we expect the change from the other and also create again the space that we can all experience that that change in so. yeah and that's something the last point on that is is this is something that i feel like we are asking the men there's all this toxic masculinity and we're asking the men like you're being unhealthy and we're asking them to do a lot of changing but yeah. i think it's really important that we also i don't hear toxic femininity i don't i haven't heard that word at all but I, I guarantee right. it's out there. It's definitely mm -hmm. out there. The unhealthy feminine is out there. And I think right. that, again, it's not about pointing fingers and being like, you did this or you, you know, it's just like, wow, like we all have some learning to do. How beautiful is this, that we have this opportunity to have awareness that we all have yes. some learning to do. And yes. by seeing our sticky and our icky, we can begin to be like, oh, cool. I don't want to be sticky or icky. I actually want to be on this side. Okay, cool. Boom. I can change it with that awareness, you know? Yes. I love that. I love that. And so I think this is a perfect um, segue actually into, you had brought up like this, this really, um, this desire to shift from codependence into interdependence. And I think that this is really, um, you know, one of the things that has come up a lot in the work that I've been doing, especially as I'm working with women is like, there's so much curiosity about like, what is codependence? Like they've heard this word, like kind of been thrown around for a really long time. And I've actually been doing a lot of work around this. And so I, I love having this conversation about codependency because most people just are, have heard it, but they don't really understand what it is, what it looks like, how it shows up, and then also what an interdependent relationship actually looks like, mm -hmm. right? So I would love to hear since I know that was something that you had brought up and then we can kind of open it up with you and we'll, we'll just dive right into that. Flow from there, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, I think that our old model, like when you think about how we've had to, had, how we've had to evolve for, for a long time, right? When we're thinking about tribal, it was very interdependent, right? There wasn't just a, a, a man and a woman and they had a little family and they were codependent on one another in order to support. They were interdependent. They were dependent on the elders to help with the medicines if the people were sick. They were dependent on the children to help go forage. They were dependent on the women to help make the food. They were dependent on the men to go get the, you know, so this is a very interdependent relationship. They were dependent on nature mm. in order to feed them. We also had an interdependency and a connection to nature. And this mm -hmm. was really, really powerful because there was not a lot of power dynamics because everyone had a role, especially the elderly. And this is something you see in our society. Uh, we just kind of dispose our elderly. Yeah. We, they get old, we put them in a home and they go there to die, which is really, really sad because they weren't, they're not given life or purpose after they have their mm -hmm. children and their children grow up, which is where I think there's a lot of fear of getting older because of honestly how we treat our elders. Yeah. And so how this works in a codependent relationships, then you, then we kind of like modernize and we, and we, we evolved, let's say. And then we had this, this dynamic of relationship where father goes out and gets money. Mom stays home with the kids. Mm. If father doesn't go out and get the money, guess what? Mom's screwed, right? If yeah. mom isn't at home with the kids, guess what? Father's screwed because who's going to take care of the kids. So mm -hmm. it became a very codependent relationship. Now 
not to say that there's anything wrong with that. And at some point, everything serves a purpose in some way, shape or form. But it became a very power dynamic kind of relationship. And Mm. honestly, something came to me when we were just speaking here that I feel like this is where some of the manipulation for sex and and our looks and stuff started happening. Because if mom is at home, and she feels disempowered, and she doesn't have her freedom, but she wants something from the husband. And she just knows that like sex is what men want. So I'm going to kind of use my body and and kind of use sex as a manipulation tool. And so it became, I feel like, relatively imbalanced, you know, and maybe it worked for a while, but now we see that we get in marriages and then the divorce rate is so high because there's this kind of imbalance of I need you. And Mm. even though now it's like, no, I have my own job. I can do my own thing. And he's like, no, I have my own job. I can do my own thing. I don't need you. That's not really, that's not really safe either because then we're, we're kind of like pushing against one another and there's this fear of fully surrendering to the other, you know? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so I think that what we've seen, um, and to, to your point, I think that what, what ends up, what ended up happening was this like cultural shift into dominating, right? Like that love became, uh, love became something that was associated with dominance, right? Or ownership or um, like it was, it was disempowering and that it wasn't honoring or elevating the, or even acknowledging the other person's um, autonomy, right? We talked about this, right? And so, and so I think that now it's like, we're moving, we're wanting, women are wanting to feel empowered, right? They're wanting their autonomy to be acknowledged. And then of course, and men want that too. But I think that what happens is, is again, we've been, we've been trained or raised up in this environment that has, that is associated love with dominance. And so now we're trying, Mm -hmm. we're like shift, we're wanting to see the shift, but at the same time, we need to undo this learning of love as dominance. And so I think it's Mm. really recognizing that Love is really, instead of dominating, it's expansive, right? It creates mm-hmm. freedom. It creates massive space to, to understand, to know, to identify oneself, to feel oneself, you know, and then to acknowledge that we, we not only that, I don't think it's less about, it's less about needing the other, but wanting the other. And, and I feeling think better with the other. Yeah. Like you elevate yes. me. Like, why would I not want to be with you? We elevate <laughs> each other. Right, right. And so I think that there's been this association of love and relationships um, from this place of I should be in this relationship, or I should be looking for this type of relationship, or I should have this, the family, the house, the this, the that, right? And in order for me to get those things, I have to do X, Y, and Z right? Men feel that way. Women feel that way. And so we've been functioning yep. in this very linear way as well yes. in our relationships. And so as a result, there's just no room for, for growth or greater understanding and exploration of what love can really mean from a place of balance and from a holistic um, space within the self, right? Like yeah. I, can, I can be within myself in whatever capacity I am. I honor myself in this space. I honor my partner in their space wherever they mm. are. Right. And we can we can embrace the desire to experience Mm -hmm. one another powerfully, but also without without restraint, because I think that's where we've seen that a lot in our relationships. Right. Yeah. And this is something, too, I feel like is really important because what has happened is we have put and like think about the idea of marriage. I'm actually like I have a lot of resistance a little bit and I'm, I'm working with this resistance and it isn't my resistance to commitment. 
That's not where my mm. resistance is because I do feel mm-hmm. that there's super value in committing to someone. Yeah. What my resistance is, is in this, this story or this idea that you are everything to me, that you need to right. be my, my best friend, my lover, my romantic partner. You need to be my, like, literally we put so much pressure on the other person to meet us intellectually, physically, emotionally, yeah, spiritually. Yes, right. And it's like, whoa, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. And I might not, I don't want to take on that responsibility for you, (laughs) but I also don't want to limit you. If there is something that you need in order to fulfill yourself, in order to feel connected and inspired, and I can't give that to you, I don't want to hold you back from getting it. Because if I truly love you and you know what you need and and you're going to be expanded by an experience with someone in some way, shape or form or whatever, and I'm holding you back and saying, no, like I kind of own your love or like I'm the only one that should be able to make you feel these ways. Wow. That is really, I think that is really toxic. And so, you know, as we're kind of in, as we move forward in this conversation, we can talk more about like, what are these expanded possibilities? But I think Mm. putting everything into one person and expecting them to be everything for you, that is dangerous. And that is something that I definitely don't want to take responsibility for. And I don't want to put everything on someone else because it's just unrealistic that they can be everything for you. Well, and it goes back to that original concept, right, that you were saying about codependency versus interdependency. Like everything that you just said right now is very codependent, right? Like this other person needs to serve this function or all functions, right, in within my life or somebody else's life, right? Like that that's that it's like it's it's very dualistic in other words, right? Like it's only this or it's only that. And so but whereas if it's interdependent, right, where we can say you know, partnership or marriage or love is about embracing one another and loving and enjoying one another, but also recognizing that we don't have to only function within that capacity in the relationship. Like, and that's where, again, extending ourselves out to our families, to our friends, to, to have these relationships that are more, that are meaningful outside of just that one relationship and taking all the pressure off of that one person to be everything to you. I think I remember when, you know, one of the things that my mom told me growing up is like, it's ridiculous to think that somebody could serve all these functions for you. It's just like, you know, like that's so much pressure to put on somebody. And I think also too, the more we make ourselves responsible for our own happiness, right? The more we position ourselves to be responsible, responsible for who we are, what we want and our happiness, the less we put that pressure on anybody else to, to stand, um, to fill that void for us as well. And I think that that's what's, what's happening. And what I'm seeing a lot is that there's an expectation that somehow, um, in relationship that they're responsible for filling the void or for completing Mm -hmm. or providing Mm -hmm. that other, other half. And it's like, no, 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 like true relationships. And again, no matter how this relationship, because it could be, I've seen toxic friendships too, where like, you know, neither one of them are whole and they have these expectations on one another to fulfill them in certain capacities. And it's like, it ends up just being depleting at the end of the day. So relationships should really not be depleting, but fulfilling. And if it doesn't feel fulfilling, you got to look again, we go back, we've been, I think this has been the the point all along is like, you got to go back in and see where you feel unfulfilled within yourself, fill that within yourself, and then go back to that relationship as a whole person. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. So what are you like, as far as, um, I know that we talked about communicating our truth and I think this is like a perfect segue into that because oftentimes what I find is that we, I I talk to so many people who love to talk about all the things that they're unhappy about, 
but they never go to the person, right, that they're unhappy yes. with or yes. feeling dissatisfaction with to actually <clears throat> communicate their needs. So we're, again, we're compartmentalizing not only how we're showing up in relationships, but also how we're expressing our truth and expressing what we're feeling. So I would love to hear your perspective on this, how this contributes to like toxic or dysfunctional relationships. This is so perfect because this was, I had this thought and then I lost it and you brought it back. So thank you. <laughs> We're connected. Um, yeah, we are. We really are. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so, so what I think is really important and what every single individual, and in fact, I have a podcast that's coming out. It's called um, The Secret to Understanding the, Ma the Secret to the Masculine and Feminine Understanding Each Other. And there's two secrets. And, 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 and I think that, you know, in, in general, what it really is, is taking ownership taking ownership for communicating your needs and desires. If you don't communicate what your needs and desires are, you are never going to get them fulfilled ever. Mm. And we are so afraid or sometimes ashamed of communicating what our needs and desires are. Let's say they're sexual desires for, for someone, right? It's like, okay. And this is where I started to kind of decide that my, my idea of what a relationship is could be more expanded because before I was in a relationship, this was many years ago, but I was in a relationship where he was super sexually on and I was not, but I was really mm. fulfilled by him in a lot of other ways. And like we would, we would engage sexually, but I mean, it was like a fraction to what he would want. Mm -hmm. And this started to get me thinking, it's like, well, look, like I'm fulfilled by you in a lot of ways and I'm fulfilled sexually with what we're doing, but you are not. And I don't want to limit you from, I don't, if I can't give you this thing and you, and you want this in order to feel more embodied and more to feel more connected. I don't want to hold you back from being able to get that thing. Cause that's not very fair. I just can't, I can't give it to you. And if I can't give it to you, someone else can, but it doesn't mean that the other parts of our relationship are lacking. Hmm. Right. And so mm -hmm. I think that um, it's really important and you're as comfortable as you are with yourself is going to be your ability to communicate and yes. to receive because yes. you have to be able to receive the other's communication without right. taking it personally. It wasn't yes. that the sex wasn't good with me or that our, our relationship in, in the intimacy world wasn't good. It was just that right. he had a higher sex drive than I did and I just wasn't able to give it to him as yeah. much as he really wanted. And at that point in my evolution, I wasn't, um, I wasn't as strong and as confident to have this awareness and this understanding that I have now. But now I feel like it's, it's so important to be an open container to be able to receive without taking it personally what the other needs. And if right. you can receive, then they're going to be able to communicate more Then they're yes. going to be, there's going to be more transparency and more authenticity. But if they communicate to you and you react and you take it personally, then guess what? That person you're going to shut down and they're going to shut down and they're not going to communicate with you. And there's going to be a lot of miscommunication because of this feeling that I can't communicate with you what I really want. So I'm going to be stuck here because I don't want to hurt your feelings. And last time I did this, we had this big fight and blah, 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 you know, so I think that this yeah. is really, really important in evolving our relationships, being able to hear yeah. and understand one another. Well, and I think that what I really heard in that was also your willingness to acknowledge what you felt comfortable with or what your needs were as well. Because you acknowledge what his needs were, right? You're like, okay, clearly he has greater needs in this capacity than I do at this moment, right? But then yeah. also you also acknowledge your own need that you didn't want to have to like push yourself to fulfill that because it wasn't honoring and, and acknowledging you and what you wanted. 
Right. And so I think it was the willingness to even have that conversation and say, Hey, you know what? I recognize your needs. I recognize my own needs. So let's come together to find a solution that works for both of us in this space. If this is what we want, right. If this is where we want to go, if we want to continue doing this thing that we have together. And I think what happens is, is that we're so afraid people are so afraid to lose. And, And it's interesting. And again, I would love to hear your perspective on this, but I think what happens is, is that people are so afraid of losing love that they are unwilling to acknowledge their truth in love, right? And so as a result, they constantly compromise their truth. They're constantly compromising themselves. They're constantly giving up and giving away parts of themselves because they're so afraid of losing love that they will never voice their needs or express themselves fully. And then they they wonder why their love doesn't feel feel full, right? And it's because they're withholding a part of themselves. And so what I constantly try to encourage others to do is be courageous and bold enough to risk yeah. losing love so that you can yeah. love yourself enough to honor your truth. Because if mm. the more you honor your truth, right, the more you show and express that love to yourself that you will not compromise your truth, the more you will attract that in another person. So if you can mm-hmm. honor your truth ultimately, <clears throat> then you will find somebody who is willing to honor yours as well and who will honor their own. You know, gold. That was gold. Rewind whenever, whenever <laughs> everybody gets done here. Rewind and, and listen to that again because that was gold. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. And that's again from this codependence to self. Even even just being with yourself. Yeah. Going back to day one, right? If you guys are just tuning in, go back to day one and listen to this. And also, please share it out if it resonates. Because really, truly, I'm, everything you just said, it's about how can I find this fulfillment within myself and know myself? Because if I don't know myself and I don't know my needs and desires and I can't communicate that to my partner, then I'm always going to feel unfulfilled. No matter what my partner does, no matter how good he is or, or she or whatever, it's never going to be enough because I haven't yeah. found it in here yet. Yes. And that's really, really important. And that's why, I mean, I, you see those people who go from relationship to relationship to relationship. And then as soon as they're out of a relationship, they're in another relationship. It's like, what are you doing? Like, this is the most important relationship. The most important relationship yeah. is the relationship with self. Yes. And oftentimes our old stories don't teach us that because our old stories, it's the get a good job, go to college, get married, have kids, you'll be happy. I think that mm-hmm. that's a really old story that many of us are starting to realize is no longer truly our, our truth today. Right. No, it's get to know yourself, get to know your feelings, allow yourself to express yourself, right? And then you will be happy, you know? It's like, it's really, and it's funny because, you know, we talk about the, the whole idea of like self, you know, being selfish or, you know, I think that I've, I feel like people hear this and think that it's selfish to pursue your own happiness um Mm -hmm. but really or that you should compromise you know i think that that's another um like false idea or false understanding of love is that love is compromising and it's i think that people are confused that like they think that compromise means compromising yourself right and it's, it's like compromising is really meeting meeting in a way together that's that that you both can agree on satisfies one another Right. But it doesn't mean compromising or sacrificing who you are. And I think what happens is, and and this is, again, goes back to how we were raised and the representations that we have experienced and brought up with, as far as love is concerned, that we are supposed to be pleasing to the other. Like my, my part in this relationship and both from both men and women, right. Men feel like they have to show up to please women and, and women feel like they have to show up to please men. And they're not thinking about, well, what is, what is it that I truly want to experience in this? Right. And so if we're both kind of dialing in, if both partners are willing to dial into their own needs and say, and acknowledge and say, Hey, look, 
this is where I'm at and this is where I would like to go, right? How do you feel about mm-hmm. this? And just open up. And then that's what I mean by like opening up expansive space for people just to express themselves and be, show up as they are. There's mm-hmm. so much freedom in that, right? And if we can be strong enough within ourselves to hold that space, right? Mm-hmm. To just create massive amounts of space and hold that space for them. I mean, isn't that what we all want to just be acknowledged and be seen and just feel like we can lean in and have somebody not push us away, right? Yeah. Like, and so if we both show up in that capacity, that's where I think the, we'll experience the most expansive and fulfilling type of love, you know, if we can and, both give each other that. Yeah. And again, and this comes back to the self, right? It comes back yeah. to the self. Like if, if you, and I think that this is the, the relationship between the masculine and the feminine within ourselves, right? It's like, look, like if I don't, if I'm denying and we're taught this, don't do that. Nobody's that's, that's not attractive or, or don't act that way or don't do that thing or don't, it's like, whoa, we're denying aspects of ourselves, but I want to do this. And this is the thing that makes me feel good. So like, why can't I do that? Because other people say that it's not as good or nobody will love me if I do that. Mm-hmm. And this is where it comes from learning to love all aspects inside of yourself so that you can full up sh- show up fully and be like, hey, this is me. I don't want to hide any parts of me. You know, I think like we, we also do this, like I'm going to, I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship like this, but this has happened to me where you start dating someone and they're going over the moon for you. They're so aware. They're aware of when your water bottle's full. They'll go, they'll go fill it up and they'll bring it back to you. And then the relationship continues. I'm being treated like a princess, you know? And then the relationship continues and then all of a sudden, he doesn't even give a shit if I have no water or not. Whereas before he was like super attentive. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Whoa. We're now, we're now like months into this thing and I'm giving you way more and you've just kind of stopped giving a fuck. Like what is going on? Because if you're going to treat me, if you see me and you're going to treat me like, wow, thank you so much. Like for, you're so amazing in order to be with me. And then once you're with me, you don't treat me that way anymore. You set the bar high, buddy you set the bar high. And now Mm. I'm expecting you to stay at that level because if you felt that I deserved it then, and now I've poured even more of myself into you and into this, and I'm giving you even more and you've pulled way back. That's inauthenticity. That's inauthentic. And it's, 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 it doesn't feel good because you weren't doing those things from your heart and from your soul. You were doing those things because what you thought it would make me feel. And now that you've got me, you're no longer able to fully stand in that truth. so it's, it's going back to what we talked a lot about, authenticity yes. and transparency. That's manipulation also. And so, yes. you know, we talked in the beginning that there's manipulation from the women, but there's also the manipulation from the men of like, I'm going to do all these great things for you in order for you to fall in love with me. And then once I have you, I'm just going to treat you like a normal person. It's like, yeah, no, like it's don't, lo- don't even go there then. Totally. It's love under false pretenses. Right. And I think that that's, I think that what happens is so here, I love that you're bringing this up because I think what happens is, is that people don't even know what they fully want or what they're willing. And when I say this, the words that I'm using here, and we're going to have to figure out which words are better, but like, not only are people not knowing what they want, but what they're willing to give. Right. And I'm not saying that you have to, it's not, again, it's not giving up yourself, but what you are willing to contribute that love relationships in any capacity, right. Are about both willing to give and to give immensely. And if you're, if you're not willing to give, or you're only willing to give in the beginning and then you lose sight of it, that's just lazy love, 
right? You're just yeah. being lazy, right? And so I think what happens is, is we don't have an expectation. We have so, oh my gosh, girl, we need to talk about this. So here's the thing is that we have expectations. We love having expectations of our partners, right? Or again, in any capacity, in all of our relationships, right? And I, I love seeing this in the professional world as well. Well, we have relate, we have expectations of the people around us from, from here to, to the moon and back, right? But we don't have very high expectations of ourselves and how yeah. we're showing up and what we yes. expect to give and how we're going to contribute to the relationship and show up consistently, right? And when we don't show up consistently or stop giving, that we also expect that we call ourselves out of that thing, right? Yes. Notice, take notice, yes. how am I showing up? What's, the, what's my inventory in this capacity, right? Yep. Like, and I think that that's the, the awareness again around that as well, where it's like, we want, the, we want somebody to show up for us, but how much are we showing up for them? And again, vice versa. And how much are we showing up for ourselves? And this is something yes. I think a lot of people can relate to is who here has gotten lost in a relationship? Comment below if you've ever been lost <laughs> yeah. in a relationship, right? Give like, us a like. If you've been lost in a relationship, give us those likes. <laughs> yes, seriously, seriously. And this is something that I think everyone at some point or another has dealt with. And it's like, I was just hearing this in the men's circle um, last or earlier this week. They were talking about losing themselves in relationship over giving. And it's like, yeah. this is also something that's really, really important. You guys is like having your truth and your strong and your grounding and your purpose and your drive and your, because it's like moving in again, interdependency, think yin yang, they yeah. come together and they share a part of one another, but they don't merge and become just this gray blob. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's <laughs> yeah. what, that's what would happen if the yin and yang were together completely and you what I think is so important for people is yes it's easy to get caught up in someone and be like oh my god they're amazing I want to spend every second and every moment with them but what happens is you forget about all the things that you've worked up for until now and mm. I think it's really important and although it's hard and it's a practice I'm something I'm still working on by all means but creating this yes. separation. It's like, I'm going to lean into you and I'm going to give to you when I'm here, but I'm going to also make sure that I continue to make time for myself because I don't want to get lost in you. I want to co-create with you. I want to build with you. I want to grow with you, but I don't want to get lost in you and vice versa. And the only yes. way I won't get lost with you is if I remain some of my own kind of slightly permeable boundary so that I can feel you, but I'm yes. not just all over you, you know, and yes. it's hard. It's hard because we have hormones and everything's going all crazy. And it's like the first, you know, three to six months are amazing, you know, but <laughs> if, if you don't keep that kind of boundary, I think that's when we can really begin to lose ourselves. And, and that's when a lot of times relationships and also they can kind of go south. And if you're not growing together, you're growing apart. And that's why I think a lot of times we, we lose ourselves in relationships and the relationship dies as well because of that often. Right, right. And I, I love what you're saying. And I think that this brings us to a really good conversation about boundaries, because I think what happens is, is that, again, we in so I love your perspective on, you know, the difference between like codependence and interdependence. And like, from my background, because I grew up again, in kind of a toxic and dysfunctional environment, like codependency has like a little bit of a different meaning, right? It has more of a meaning in terms of like, enabling where we're enabling another person's dysfunction right and we we serve a role almost in their dysfunction and what happens when we become codependent in that dysfunctional type of way is that we we give up all of ourselves to sort of accommodate or enable the other right whoever that other yeah. person is you know and so i think what happens in love right or in relationships is that we end up like thinking that it's all about giving up all of ourselves to the person. And it's really yeah. about, no, there's, you, there should always be a part of you 
that you stay connect deeply connected with, right? And that mm -hmm. you are also sort of, I don't want to say withholding, but that you are mindful of, that you are nurturing, that you are cultivating, right? That you're, that you're never just saying like, oh, here I am wide open. Like, I'm, again, I'm now your responsibility, right? When, what happens when we pursue relationships that way is that we make, our, we make ourselves somebody else's responsibility. But when we keep a part of our, uh, again, when we keep an intimate part of ourselves, right, then we yep. can always maintain connection with that part of ourselves and know where we are. So I think that's when we mm. get lost, right? Is because we lose touch with mm. that inner part of ourselves and then we're just associating ourselves with the other person and with the relationship. So I love that you're bringing that up. And I think that boundaries are incredibly important. And I would love to have this conversation about boundaries, but also using our emotions to help us navigate what we need and understand what we need and using them to help us communicate our needs, but not project those emotions onto the other, right? That's great because that was that was the second part of the secret and in, in the masculine and feminine communicating with one another. The first one was take responsibility for your feelings, and the other one was don't take it personally. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is this is really important, like taking responsibility for your feelings and realizing that nobody is making you feel anyway. There might be a situation yes. or a circumstance that was a um, you know, a trigger which created a reaction within you, but ultimately you have a choice of how you want to feel. Mm. And, and it's not somebody else. It's everybody, again, radical self-responsibility. It's, it's maybe your father, for instance, for me, it's like my father is really angry. And whenever he would get angry, I would close down and I would shut off. And so whenever I'm with a, a romantic partner, um, and he gets angry, I close down, I shut off and I want to separate. And it's like, mm -hmm. but you're not making me feel that this is a wound that I still kind of have. Yes. And it's up to me to choose if I react or respond to your mm. anger. Because again, I'm not gonna, I shouldn't take it personally because right. your anger is yours. And I'm taking it as even if, even if it's directed at me or if it's directed at something else, yes. it's yours, it's your reaction. And if I react to your reaction, then I'm taking it on. And I think that um, there's a really big difference between tuning into your emotions, which is, again, as we talked a lot about the last couple of days, your compass, your emotions will tell you so much about what's going on in your body and what you need, but tuning into them, asking them, okay, what are you trying to tell me? Because we don't give ourselves enough credit for knowing yes. what it is that we need and we want. And we will, you will, if you ask, you will know, you will know, mm -hmm. might not be what you want, but you will know. Yeah. And from that place, being like, okay, what are my emotions telling me? And what is it that I need in order to bring myself into a state of feeling better? And I think yes. that we don't ask enough about that, about ourselves oftentimes. Right. Yes. And so for those of you guys listening, something just came to me to ask you guys, like, what are the emotions? I would love to hear from you guys. What are the emotions that you struggle expressing the most? Right. Because mm. oftentimes, like one, I find that some people don't even know one emotion from another. Right. Like, and this has even been myself, like where in the work that I've done through in my therapy, right. It's like, she'll ask me, do you feel hurt, angry, sad, or afraid? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> like, I have no clue. Like it's taken me a really long time to even associate what emotions feel and look like within myself. And so, um, but then I, what I do find is that I have a harder time expressing some emotions over, over the other. Right. So if, like, for instance, when I'm, when I'm feeling hurt, 
I have a really hard time expressing that. I have so, such a hard time expressing to somebody like, hey, this actually hurt, I, I feel hurt about this, right? Not saying you hurt my feelings, right? Again, not making it their responsibility. It's saying I feel hurt in this experience and this is how, like this is what's coming up for me. Um, but instead what I'll do is I'll express anger, right? Because and uh -huh. that's just it. so usually what happens is our primary emotion um, ends up being suppressed because we don't know how to express that. And then it shows up as an, a secondary emotion, which for most people usually is anger, but they think they're angry, but really it's like, well, yeah, anger is an hurt. easier emotion to express, but usually it's, it's a different emotion, right? Again, it's like maybe it's sadness or hurt. And so I would love to hear from you guys what emotions you feel maybe come up for you that are difficult to express and maybe how you go about expressing them if you do have them. But on that note, um, I think what happens is, is that we also expect other people to know how we're feeling, right? And then somehow be, make them responsible for quote unquote fixing those feelings. And so yeah. you touched on something that I think was so important and that recognizing usually when these feelings come up for ourselves, one, going back to even like day one about creating, like finding a, cultivating a practice of solitude, right? Cultivating a practice mm -hmm. of stillness, like tuning in with yourself, acknowledging where am I right now? What am I feeling? Taking inventory of what your experience has been like. Do you feel satisfied? Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel connected with your partner? If you don't, sometimes you're not feeling connected with yourself, right? So yeah. maybe before associating that disconnect with them, ask yourself, am I disconnected yes. within myself? Okay. Right. Then from that space, you can say, okay, well, what has changed or shifted in my relationship? And if I'm, if I don't feel good about this change or shift, how can I find a way to understand what this signifies to me? Cause oftentimes there is a wound there. And if we find ourselves like overwhelmed with emotion in some capacity, it's because we're, we're we haven't worked through something within ourselves. And that's why we're being, we're either so sensitive to it or we're triggered by it. Or again, we're projecting onto our partners. So going back inward and saying, okay, this is really, really upsetting me. Like where, where else has this happened in my life? This has been a huge practice for me of like looking back and saying, where else has this happened where I might be like carrying other baggage in, right? Address that, right? And then from that space, once you've kind of worked through there, right? Then communicate with your partner and you can communicate with your partner in a way that says, hey, look, I realize I'm emotional about this thing. I'm feeling a lot of feelings about this thing. Whatever those feelings are, I got a lot of feels happening this is why, this is why I'm so yeah. sensitive to this thing. I experienced this back when I was a teenager and it felt terrible. And I just, it, I, I broke down and then my parents treated me like this. And as a result, I get really uncomfortable when I feel this in our relationship. So yeah. I just want to let you know, like, this is hard for me. Right. And it's all on me, right. It's all on us to just share where we are. And then we give our partners the choice and the opportunity to say, wow, I didn't know that this was having an impact on you in this way. I don't want that for you. So how can we work together so that we don't, so that this doesn't happen again? Right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's really powerful. Um, again, creating that solitude and that space with yourself, because if you don't have that space to figure it out, it's easy to project it on someone else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. So boundaries. Now let's just talk about that real quick. So I think it's expressing, right? The willingness to express what it is that we want or what we don't want. Now, what is, I, I love, you know, I know in your work, you've spent a lot of time working, you know, with men. And so what has your experience been with seeing how boundaries show up or don't show up in the work that you're doing with, in, in like the relationship work that you're doing? 
So like my own personal relationship work or when I talk to my clients about kind of the relationship yeah, either, work? Either, either or. Like I, I, I'm just curious to like for your perspective on – because I think from, from what I've seen is like most people don't even know how to articulate or uphold. So they don't know how to uphold boundaries. Like again, they're so afraid of losing love that they just don't – they don't want to be boundaried in any way. And so they just kind of like – there's just like a weird gray area. So I'm just curious if you've seen, experienced that. So boundary work is huge in my practice for both the men and the women that I work with. Um, Men have oftentimes a better, an easier time, like holding kind of the boundaries where women, again, Mm. it's just our nature. Oftentimes men are more structured and rigid and, and women are a little bit more loose and flexible. Not always, you know, masculine and feminine fluctuates within us all and in different topics and different manners. Sometimes men are really good at holding boundaries at work, but when it comes to their relationship, it's really loose. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things for anybody here watching, this is what I, it's a really great diagram that I have a lot of my clients draw. So if you have a dot and you're the center and then around the dot, you draw a circle and anything between you and that circle, that's your boundary, right? Mm. So your boundary is in between there. What happens for most people is oftentimes it's a lack of self-awareness. So it's a lack of really truly understanding what their boundaries are. So what they do is they put their, their, their boundary right next to them. And so the moment that somebody bumps into them, they bump their boundary and it hurts them. And they're like, oof, ouch, you know? So what I invite people to do is, first of all, extend your boundary. Because if you have a boundary that's out here and now somebody bumps into your boundary, guess what? You have a buffer zone. So when somebody comes up against your boundary, you've created – so your boundary may actually be here, but you're going to extend it out here. Because Mm. that way, when someone comes close and tries to test your boundary, which they will undoubtedly, it's not going to hurt you. And you're going to have the ability and the time and the space to, um, to act instead of react Mm. because they're not going to know that they pushed up against your boundary right away. And I think that I, I talk about three things. There's a boundary an edge and a limit. So your boundary is here. Your edge is literally on the edge of your boundary. And that's where like, I ask my clients oftentimes, I want you to set your boundaries and I want you to lean into your edge. Because when you lean into your edge, this is where the growth happens. Now it's going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to ask you to lean into it as much as you can to where you're not hurting yourself, but maybe you're stretching yourself a little bit. Um, but I never want you to go over your limit. And oftentimes Mm -hmm. a limit happens when somebody does something to us and it's really painful. And it's usually something that's like a a big lesson for us. It's like, uh, uh, out of my life, that's never going to happen again. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of like a limit. And that's something that you don't really want to have happen, but you want to be aware of these three options or these three, um, parts of the self and the boundary boundary limit and edge, like set your boundaries further than you think so that you have leeway. So people don't hurt you as often be aware of your edge and try to lean into it. So you can continue to expand your boundary and you can get bigger and bigger and bigger and more comfortable. And then really be aware of your, your limits. And, and hopefully, um, you won't have to have too many circumstances where people really push your limits. Yes. I love that. And there's a couple of things that um, came up as you were saying that, but Ashley just asked right now, can we go deeper on the boundaries? And so I think maybe she wants to understand maybe what, Ashley, correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of want to understand what boundaries are or like give examples of boundaries. Um, but I think, you know, from my understanding of boundaries, it's sort of just associating like what's, what's, what, what you want, what you don't want, what's okay, what's not okay. Right. Yeah. And then, but it's really what I find and to kind of go to your point, um, Amanda, is like, 
think what happens is most people just don't even know what their boundaries are. And so Mm -hmm. they, so it's like undoing some self-reflective work and saying, you know, okay, well, what, what, what are the things that I, where is that outer limit, right? What is, what are the things that exist on that outer limit? What would be testing the edge, right? And then what Mm -hmm. are the things that are just absolutely unacceptable, right? And really coming to understand those things and upholding those things, because it's not, it's one thing to even know, know the boundaries. It's another thing to actually give, love yourself enough to, to stand by them. And I think what we find, what, at least what I'm seeing either with myself or in others is that people want to say, well, I, I'm not okay with this. And yet they give into it. And so I think, and then again, they, then they blame their partner and it's like, well, maybe the reason why your partner is, you know, testing this boundary constantly is because you're not really upholding it and they know that they can, you know, what, what's, what's your, how do you feel? Like, what's your perspective on that? I think you're absolutely right. And I would just give an example. So like for an example, for me, I'm in an open, open relationship container. That's, I believe in open love. Mm -hmm. Um, And a boundary for me is, um, you know, like I, I, since I believe in open love, like by all means, like if there's somebody that my partner, whoever I'm seeing, uh, the person I generally have one person that I'm really deeply connected with. And um, I just ask that you communicate if there's somebody else that you're seeing or, or, or in some sort of capacity relating to on deeper levels that you communicate to me. Um, a boundary for me would be if I'm, you know, connecting, like if there's not that communication, right? A boundary mm-hmm. for me is if there's not that communication and I find out that you're communicating with someone else and, and you just haven't shared that with me for some reason, like that's a boundary for me. An edge and, or, or a limit is like, if you've gone ahead and like made sexual relations with this person without mm-hmm. inviting me or sharing with me at all, Um, and I think that this is, this is really important or like an Uh, edge or a limit for me, like sexual limits can be a big thing. Like if I'm sleeping with someone then, and they find someone and they want to be intimate with them, that's fine. But if you've had penetrative sex with them, um, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a limit for me. I'm not, I I don't want to share in that way unless we've talked about it and communicated it in a special circumstance or something. Right, 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 right. I love that. And I think that's a perfect example. Anthony says it was, so we asked the question about like when they're, you know, when relationships have been tested or when emotions come up that become difficult to communicate. And he says it was when the gifts changed, especially when it came to my past relationships, it was really a lack of communication and the boundaries weren't really set. And so I think that, you know, one, it's, the best opportunity to start establishing boundaries is immediately with like, as you get started in a relationship, right? So as soon as you're start getting started in a relationship, um, if you set those boundaries early on, or it's not even that you have to come into the relationship and saying, Hey, by the way, these are my boundaries, X, Y, and Z. But as you have the opportunity to start expressing what your boundaries are, take every opportunity to express those boundaries. As soon as you again, compromise that within yourself and sacrifice yourself in that, in that capacity, then what happens is you end up noticing maybe a year, six months, a year, two years down the line that you're unhappy with where you are in your relationship. But ultimately it's because you stopped using your voice, right? You stopped communicating your needs. You stopped expressing what was okay and what wasn't okay. Um, and then they just, again, how, how are our partners to know if we, if we're not sharing with them? And I love that he brought up this whole, this whole lack of communication, because I think what happens is that we see a decline in relationships and intimacy as soon as we, cause in the beginning, that's all it is, is communication, right? The sparks are flying, hopefully, right? Like the chem- physical chemistry is there, the emotional chemistry is there. And it's all just like amazing, right? Like literally fireworks. And then at some point we, we again, we start leaning into lazy love and we start taking yeah, them for granted. And we stop, beautiful. we start getting like 
we start getting a little bit more relaxed, right? Or we start compartmentalizing how we feel and we say, okay, well, I'm really stressed out at work and this is really weighing on me, but I'm not going to share this with my partner because I don't want to burden them with this extra emotional weight that I'm carrying. And then we pull back. And so as soon mm -hmm. as we start pulling back or resisting the relationship, as soon as we stop leaning in to the relationship, right? And that communication mm -hmm. starts to fragment. And when we fragment the communication, right? When we stop, when we're unwilling to share ourselves honestly, openly, vulnerably, right? That's when we start to see um, this unsettledness start to start to show up. And I think that's when yeah. relationships ultimately start, we start seeing like the decoupling or uncoupling um, in partnerships. So I would just encourage, you know, those of you guys who are in relationships or maybe are single and are looking to, you know, looking to find new relationship that ask yourself, take, take stock of like how you communicate, right? What's your communicative style, right? When do you pull away from communicating, right? When do you kind of stop leaning into um, sharing and expressing yourself? Because I think there comes a point also, not to like go on a little tirade here, but there also comes like a little point where we just kind of, um, I don't know, I think we assume that they know everything, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like where we mm -hmm. think we've shared enough. And so mm -hmm. I think it's even to cultivate that awareness of like, have I stopped showing up in a way that, yeah. it's, that where I'm expressing myself to my partner? And are we creating space yeah. for expression, you know, in, in our relationship still, you know? Yeah. And also just realizing too, that we change, you know, we yes. change all of us individuals, we change and we change more relationships and we evolve and we're in relationships. And if you ever think that you're going to get into a relationship and things are going to be the way that they were in the beginning, they're not. Yeah. And so I think that this is really important. Also, your needs and your desires, what once served you in the beginning might not serve you now. I mean, I have uh, a couple friends of mine and they were very monogamous in the beginning and then they started talking about it and they're like, actually, like, you know, his partner was like, I think I want to try dating a woman and, and explore that. And he was like, okay, well, I could be open to that, but then I would also want to be open to exploring things. And, and so just really having this ability to check in, always check yes, in and, yes. and, and don't be afraid to communicate. Cause if you're not communicating your truth and something that you need and, and you're not showing up fully and transparent in, in your relationship with your partner, eventually it's going to be felt and it will, something will come to a head in some way, shape or form. So I, in my opinion, it's better to communicate and be afraid that the person won't be able to receive it and be honest with yourself then mm. hold back and not really communicate and they're going to feel it and it's going to cause a lot of disruptions in the relationship later on. Yeah. And I, a perfect point. And I, I would just say like, if you feel fear in your relationship, I think you have to ask yourself um, where you're allowing your fear to shut you down. Um, and, and again, allow mm. you to pull back because I think um, a lot of us, like, you know, I mean, I know even for myself, when I start feeling fearful um, again, either of losing love or, um, of angering. I hate, I'm, I, I don't like anger. Right. So I don't want to anger my partner or make them upset or yeah. whatever. And so then I start, I start tiptoeing, right. Like as if they're the ones making me tiptoe, but it's like, no, I'm just afraid. And so as a result, I, I start to shift and change the way that I'm showing up. And so, um, for the, those of you listening who feel often that, you know, you feel fearful of communicating any of your truth in whatever capacity, notice how, how it shows up for you and the way that you pull away. Right. And, and don't, mm -hmm. I would just say, challenge yourself to own that truth even and, and let them give them the choice. And I think this is what happens in relationships is we stop giving our partners the choice to choose how they're going to show up and respond to us. Right. Because we're yeah. not even willing to give them the opportunity. 
right? We're so Mm -hmm. afraid, right? That we're not even willing to give them the opportunity to show us how they're going to respond. And really, sometimes that's all we need to know, right? If like, if we face that fear and we express our truth and they don't, they don't, um, I would say respond favorably, then you kind of know everything you need to know, right? Yeah. um, But so Eric says this. So he says, I'm in a situation now when I try to talk with my partner and share my feelings and intentions that she can't slash doesn't comprehend. So Eric, if you're still, if you're still with us, um, how does, what happens when she doesn't understand what, what then happens with the communication? Cause I'm curious, like, you know, communication yeah. is a two way street. Amanda, do you have anything? I mean, I don't, I don't really, I'd have I to mean, know it's hard. More. Yeah. It's hard to know without the full context. I mean, the one thing that I could say is, um, we communicate differently and, um, being mindful of people's different communication styles. So for instance, like, um, we have different love languages, right? Yes. And so for some of us, it's like touch. For others, it's gift giving. For others, it's communicating with our words. And so um, sometimes our communication style is different than our partner's. And so especially if it's on like a, a, a tough subject, um, maybe trying to relate, understanding what her communication style is and trying to come to her through her communication style so that she can open up to be able to receive um, but yeah, it's hard to know without more context. Yeah. The other, the only other thing he hasn't, I don't think he's really given us much yet, but, um, on that note, the other thing too, is sometimes we expect that our partners should understand or need to respond to what we're sharing with them. And instead of just allowing, it's almost like, Hey, I just want you to know this is making me feel uncomfortable. I'm not really feeling great about this. And then we expect them to do something or take action. And really it's just, sometimes you just need to express yourself and they'll, they can just hear you right now. If they respond yeah. unfavorably, if they're upset with you or they push back against your truth, right. If they're not willing to honor and at least acknowledge your truth, not necessarily that they have to change anything, but that they're just not even willing to hear it. Then that's like a different, I think that's a different conversation altogether, but sometimes we don't need, you know, we, ha- we don't have to expect our partners to, uh, to do anything. Right. But just, hear us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's something. So, um, there was something else that you brought up that I thought was really good. I'm trying to remember what that was. Um, but is there anything that's coming up for you right now that you want to touch on? Mm, no, I think, I think this is good. I think if the audience has questions at this point, then we can, we can ask them as well. Or if not, we can continue to move forward on some other parts of topics. Yeah. And by the way, guys, pop in, pop them all in. So let's see. Donna says the average day to day life comes in, the magic draws you together, then different reality sets in. Yeah. Sometimes. Oh, so that's, I think when you were talking about love languages and just giving, creating massive space. So again, sometimes I was going to share a personal story. So I'm actually navigating some rough seas in my personal relationship right now. And um, it's actually not so rough in that we're both actually navigating it as a team, which is the beautiful part about it. But nonetheless, it's really emotionally trying um, for us both. And ultimately what happened is that I've, we both noticed a shift. And this goes back to kind of taking stock and taking inventory of where we are within our relationships and just being really both being mindful and, and cultivating that awareness, but then also um, allowing your intuition to speak 
to you and through you about where you are. Because sometimes it's not a rational process, right? And I think that even again, for both men and women, because the feminine exists in all of us, right? That there's an intuitive sense that comes into us when we feel like something is just out of alignment, right? Something is just not mm. feeling um, in tune or in touch. We're not, we're not vibing, right? We're not feeling, we're not tracking the way that we used to, right? And so my partner and I kind of came to this place and um, we started having a conversation about what I was experiencing and about what he was experiencing. And ultimately what we decided, we were both willing to honor each other's perspectives um, and acknowledge each other's perspectives. But we, we ultimately decided that right now what, what we need to give one another is space and mm -hmm. take a pause, right? And it's like, it's one of the hardest things that I think I've ever had to do in my life because, you know, this has been, it's been such a fulfilling experience with him up until this point. But what I realize and what I'm learning about love is that love is willing. Love is mm. willing. And so I think that we have to give ourselves permission to not only honor and acknowledge our truth, but be willing to extend massive, again, extend massive amounts of space and give each other the opportunity to experience expansion in the relationship and say, we don't always have to show up the same way. And sometimes we have to grow through something in order for our relationship to move in the really in the direction that we want it to right but that we're willing to honor that we don't have to always be showing up together in the way that we we have before and so i just want to encourage people to to those that you're that are listening and that are experiencing hardship or self-testing in your relationships or where you guys are testing each other give each other space be willing to give each other space because love if it is true it will withstand it Right. Mm -hmm. And if it isn't, then again, then you'll know either way you're mm -hmm. going to know, you know, but you yeah. can't know unless you're willing to allow yourself to go there. And I just, just want to share that because that's been a really powerful truth that's been coming to me. And it moves again from that space of dominance into freedom. And I think that love ultimately mm -hmm. is, is an act of freedom. It should feel like freedom, not like, not like control. Right. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that and being open and vulnerable about your experience. I know that it's it's um it's not always easy when we're in these kind of like more challenging spaces to to talk about it because maybe there's a lot of uncertainty and it's really beautiful to be able to to hear you open up like that so thank you thanks yeah it's hard it's hard <laughs> I'm like all right just gotta show up like <laughs> but, yeah you know, yeah but also to the truth again like there's truth and pain and um you know we can we can give ourselves the opportunity to move through it and to to sit in the discomfort and I think that's another thing too is is that we always want our experiences with our in our relationships to feel good. You know, I even noticed this with friendships. Like we don't want to allow our friendships to ever like be tested, you know? And so or yeah. we don't get mad at our friends or we feel uncomfortable with like saying, hey, like my friend hurt my feelings or whatever. And it's like, you know, I think it's okay to sit in the discomfort and then also give yourself the opportunity to test what the relationship is made of in a way that's, that is, is um, not dysfunctional, right? But again, extends mm -hmm. massive amounts of space for us to show up in, in what feels good, in a way that feels good and to grow, right? Because if you're not willing to allow to test the relationship to be tested, you can't grow ultimately, mm -hmm. right? And that's where people mm -hmm. I think feel unfulfilled because they feel like the relationship has ultimately stagnated. Mm -hmm. One of the things that just came to me as far as like the masculine and the feminine and relationships and sitting with men and in men's circles. Um, one of the things that I heard um, come from the, some of the men that I sit with is that there is this um, 
there's this feeling that we, you know, that women oftentimes have this ability or this right to express their feelings and to be sad and to be soft Mm. and to be emotional and to be vulnerable. Um, But yet there's this expectation that men, even though, you know, we say as women, we want you to be open, communicate with me, talk to me, like be soft with me. There's this underlying kind of expectation that they need to be strong and they need to be hard and they need Mm. to be the rock and they need to be the support. And what I've heard from some men is that when they are in their vulnerable spaces and their soft spaces, um, and they do actually become weak and like open up that some women have a really hard time receiving them. They have a really hard time receiving them in their softness, in their perceived weakness and in their vulnerability, which makes it really hard for men to be authentic and to show up and say, Hey, look, I'm really struggling, you know? And so one thing that I would like to encourage, um, for all the women who are listening here is just to maybe reflect on like, do you really support your man um, whenever he is in his weakness or his soft space or, or wherever he's at? Um, because I think that this has just been something that some of the men have shared with me that like, you know, they, there's so much expectation for them to be, you know, on it all the time. And oh, when no. they are, are in this soft space that it's really hard. Oops. Are you there? Yeah. Hello? It's like cutting, it's cutting out. Uh oh, did we lose you? I'm here. Oh gosh. Hello? I'm here. Are we there? Can you hear me? We're good. Can you hear me? Good. Oh, I think I do. I can. India testing the patients. Okay, I can hear you. I think we're back. It's weird. <laughs> I can hear you. You're frozen. Um, that was a real. Okay, that actually. Was. Uh, think oh There we go. 
We're good. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, so sorry for your, sorry guys for that little brief inter interruption there, but, um, I think that was a really beautiful point. And I think that actually it resonated deeply with me because I think in the past when I, the, when women are incapable of holding space for a man to be vulnerable, right. To show up within his, within like, honestly about what he's experiencing and to be soft, to show up in, in that soft capacity. I think it's ultimately because they're not comfortable within themselves about what their emotional experience is, and, or they don't feel comfortable honoring and acknowledging their own emotions. And so um, I would also encourage um, women as well, that if you find yourself having a hard time um, embracing a man in his vulnerability, that it's, there may be a part of you that is really, that struggles with vulnerability and that doesn't want to allow yourself to be vulnerable or to be honest about how you really feel. So, yeah. Okay. So I'm like, I hope you're still there. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I thought, I think that's a really, a really great point. And so Eric says it, it seems I sometimes disappoint partners because they have expectations I don't know about. And I think that's another, it's a great point. I think, you know, again, that's why we have to be willing to share with one another what we really want. The more we can express what we want and express that honestly, um, the more we can actually meet each other um, in the middle, right? Yes, absolutely. So, all right, guys. Well, I think, I, I don't know, is there anything, I think we about covered it. I think so, yeah. I think the last thing that I would really just say is, um, as we're expanding as individuals and as a collective, so too does our ideas of, of what relationship is and, and what's possible in relationships. And mm -hmm. if you're having needs or desires or ideas about how you want your relationship to be in any capacity, I just encourage you not to limit yourself in that space. Yeah. Don't limit yourself because love is limitless and there are so many different ways and you can meet people. I have so many different friends who have different types of relationship. I have friends yeah. who are, are conscious parenting. I have friends who, um, you know, they're, they're in an open relationship. I have friends who are poly. I have friends who are monogamous. I have friends who there are so many different types of relationships. And I really, really invite you to tune in with yourself, spend some time yeah. with yourself, ask yourself, what's my ideal relationship like yeah. what is it that what are the what are the cornerstones what are the pillars of what I want my relationship to yes. be like and and don't sacrifice that and just yeah. wait and be patient because someone somewhere will have a similar idea as you of what's possible in relationships and relating and I think that um Oftentimes we sacrifice because we feel like that person or that ability or that type of relationship isn't possible and I feel like this is really challenging. Um, this is this is where we we just we kind of give up and we give our power away or we give our, our dreams away and we settle right or we compromise. And so right. for anyone who's watching, I think just be expansive in your thinking. We're always you know becoming and expanding more than we could ever even imagine. So um, you know just. Yeah, I think that that's really the, the last thing that I feel inspired to, to really share on this topic. I think that's beautiful. And I think the only thing I would even add to that is that, you know, becoming aware, cultivating the awareness and the clarity of what it is that you want, 
being willing to um, wait for that, be patient for it, fight for the love that you want, right? Fight for the love yeah. that you, that, that is, again, a reflection of your greatest desires and your greatest needs and honor that within yourself, but also make sure you believe that you're, that you're worthy of that love. Because mm -hmm. ultimately, if you don't believe that you're worthy of, of the love that you want, then you won't ever get it. And so it's, you, it's really important that we give ourselves, um, do the inner, inner work, the internal work that's necessary to get us to, to do the healing that's necessary so that we can get to a point within ourselves where we truly believe that we are deserving and fully worthy of the love that we want to have and experience. Because when we get to that place, then we will, it'll come to us, right? That love yes. will, will find you um, because it, it's just, you'll be attracting it from every cell in your being. Um, but you can't, if there's any part of you that doesn't believe that you were meant to have it, then it will always, you will always attract something that isn't that as well. So just do the inner work. I think ultimately what's come, you know, over the last three days um, consistently is that you have to go, if you want to change without, you have to go within. So. Aho, yeah, that's been beautiful. And thank you guys all for who's been tuning in and who's been following us and um, on the journey. And if you're just now, you know, at the end, we invite you to, to, to go back and listen to the first and the second. And um, yeah, it's been so beautiful. It's been beautiful to share this experience with you, Natalia. It's been beautiful yeah. to be able to share it with this community. And if, if you guys are inspired and there's things that you want more conscious conversations around and you want to be a part of, let us know, drop us a comment. We'd love to get to know you and to, to connect with you and, and to share. We don't have all the answers, but we do want to be able to provide whatever tools and insights we do have so that we can all help everyone continue to evolve to the next, to the next level. Absolutely. And Amanda, it has been such an incredible pleasure doing this with you. I'm actually kind of sad. Like it went by so fast. This it really did. So fast. And then I'm also just like, dang, it's already over. Like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. I feel um, the same way. But who knows? Honestly, this is this could be just the beginning and of something new and something different. And we could do some sort of like a workshop or an in-person or who knows you know yeah. um what's possible at this point and absolutely and yeah so let us know you guys let us know what your what your feelings and your thoughts are and if there are things that we can give you or tools or um it's just been a pleasure i love technology this is the power of technology you guys like share this out if this resonates because yes, conscious please. streams conscious live streams conscious conversations helping each other share our insights wake each other up this is really what it's all about and so elevate so one another that's it, you know, and that I saw you or you saw me on a Facebook Live and here we are being able to, to do three days with each other. So yes, super powerful. Absolutely. Well, thank you all so much. Thank you in the audience. You guys have been amazing. I love your contribution. Amanda, you are a goddess. I appreciate mm. you beyond measure and I cannot wait for the opportunity for us to come back together again and rock some people's lives. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait till I'm in California and take a cruise yeah. down to the to San Diego and be able to see you live. Give you a big old oh, hug. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, much love, love and blessings and may you uh, experience the Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this Bye, week's episode Adios. on Driven for Purpose. I cannot tell you how much your support means. If you found this content helpful in any way, shape, or form, I would love it if you share this with your friends and family. If you haven't yet already done so, please go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your reviews help us rank higher, which means more people can get inspired by this content. And together, we can support one another to continue on our journey towards our highest and best selves. I'll catch you next week.